Thanks for checking out the Crossing College and Career podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages you and challenges you to walk confidently in your identity in Christ. What's going on, Unite? How are you guys doing tonight? Give it up for Trey for bringing all this stuff up for me, being a little slow, though. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Y'all doing good tonight? Come on, somebody. Y'all doing good tonight? I'm so excited to be here with you guys. Are you guys excited? Very? Small crowd tonight. I like it. We're going to get intimate. We're going to get close. We're going to get personal. Sound good? Good. All right, I'm going to open up a word of prayer. Lord, I just pray your peace in this place, God. I pray that you prepare myself and every single person in here, God, to receive something new from you. God, I pray you open our ears in a new way, you open our hearts in a new way, and that we can leave here truly changed. God, we come here to experience you, so we're inviting your Holy Spirit here to tug on our hearts, tug on us in the places we need to work on, God. Let us improve and become closer to you, God. Let us cultivate that relationship with you, Lord. We pray all this in Jesus' name, and God's people said, amen, amen, amen. I'm so excited to see you guys. I'm so excited you are back for Unite. We are back in school. Who is in school? A couple people. Are you all excited for that new change? How do you like classes? Everything going good? It's awful, ain't it? I hated it. It's awful. I didn't like it, and I don't really like change to begin with anyway. Does anybody in here really truly like change how many people one two three so 50 percent of people in here that's awesome i don't really like change but i think there's two different types of change and i'm gonna go through them but would you agree that we live kind of today in today's day and age there's so much happening right it's like so quickly, like everything's evolving, everything's changing every single day. Like, I can't keep up. I've got like that old man spirit. Like, I, I'm about done, to be honest with you. I just want to sit in a rocking chair and like whittle wood. Like, I'd be completely content, completely cool with that. I just have an old soul. So I can't keep up with the change. But there's two different types of change. So there's like a worldly change. So things that happen every day in this world. And then I think there's... A godly change, which is when God wants you to change something about yourself, which in reality, I think it's simple, but we make it a lot harder than it is. And so my question to you is, why do we embrace the worldly and sometimes complicated change, but when God wants to do something in your life, and my life included, he's trying to work on some things in me, and this is why we're going to speak about this tonight, but why is it so hard for us to accept that simple and godly change. You see, sometimes we get so busy with our lives, I think, and everything that's going around, we're just like trying to keep up all the time. First and foremost, I think we can forget that we even have a purpose. So when God's trying to change something in us, I thought, man, well, I used to think, well, what am I even here for? Do I really have a purpose? Has anyone ever felt that way? To be honest, be honest, yeah? You kind of don't know what you're doing sometimes. 
Well, I can assure you, and something that God's put on my heart heavily, and now that I look at you guys, I love that it's such a small and like intimate crowd because I look at your faces, and God just put a weight on my heart for you to tell you that every single one of you guys has a specific and unique purpose to do something in this life for God. And he wants to use you. He wants to mold you and shape you into a vessel in order to accomplish that purpose. So in Jeremiah 29, 11, it tells us, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. So God is telling us we've got a hope, we've got a future. We just have to align our thoughts with God's. We have to share that same hope for our future and truly believe that God has something awesome for me. He's got something for me to do. There's an assignment for me to accomplish. I have a purpose. Turn to your neighbor and say, I have a purpose. That's good. But the rapid change we talk about in the world, right, those are the things that are easier for us to um, kind of accommodate to, like, perfect example, Uber Eats. Who here, like, gets Uber Eats? Not one person in here has gotten Uber Eats ever. Besides Plant City, y'all don't count. Y'all just got the first Chick-fil-A. Y'all are living in, like, 1950. Has anybody ever had anything delivered to their house? Help me out here, food-wise, right? It's easy. You can agree that the world, you can have everything at your fingertips, right? So whatever you want for food, like, you don't even have to leave the house, and you can get whatever you really want. You didn't used to be able to do that. I think it's pretty crazy how rapidly it's evolved from like delivering pizzas to literally anything you want from any restaurant. And then dating, different, am I right? I know we're in church, but I know at least one person in here has been on Tinder or Bumble. Where are you at? <laughs> Nobody? You definitely have. I can tell just by looking at you and the way you laughed and covered your face. We'll pray for you after service. You can come see us over here. But right, like the dating scene is different. I'll be honest, I've never been on it. But the dating scene is different. So like you don't even have to leave your house to date anybody. So you can now work from home. So you can work, sleep, eat, be in a relationship with somebody without even leaving your house. It's crazy, right? Like the world is changing and I can't keep up. But a lot of the times we embrace it. So I'm sure a lot of your friends embrace that, right? Like we like that. But what about the change that God is trying to make in our lives? So what about those little changes that are almost harder to do, but in reality, I think they're simple. So if God tells you he's trying to change something in you, maybe stop lying. Easy. But is that the hardest thing to do? But I think it's simple. So forgiving people, that's another one. Maybe speaking in front of people, even though you're petrified, down to your core, and it's the last thing you want to do. You see, we don't want to embrace change that God is making in our life because we don't agree with it, and we don't want to do it. It's hard. And I bring up the last one because that was me, speaking in front of people. So I'll tell you a quick story. A year and a half ago was my first public speaking experience at The Crossing 
It was here. I was on the stage, probably right around there. And Pastor Richard, for those of you that know him, he was the uh, young adults pastor here at the time. And he said, hey, Steve, I, um, I really, by the way, don't call me Steve. I don't know why I call myself that. I feel like I got to be called Steven until I'm at least like 35. Steve's just an old name. Anyways, so he said, hey, Stephen, um, I really think you have a gift, a calling to speak to people. I think God's implanted words in you and that you need to share it and you need to share your talents and gifts. So what I want you to do before service tonight is I want you to go out and give a quick word, you know, maybe pray, encourage people, just say something. I said, Pastor Richard, I'm honored. I'm humbled that you would think of me to do that. And my answer is absolutely not. I will not be going and speaking in front of anybody. I get flustered. I get red in the face. I'm not good with words. I stumble over them. And it's a nightmare every time I, every time I try and do it. So I'm good. But four minutes later, I was up here on stage doing it. Of course, it was an absolute catastrophe, just like I predicted. So people literally booed me off the stage. And I was so embarrassed. I literally handed the mic to another guy and then walked off right here down these steps. I said, I told you it was going to be awful, and it was. <laughs> so six months pass, and then Pastor Trent here, good friend of mine, give it up for Pastor Trent in the sound booth back there. So he is a middle school and kind of high school pastor, and he says the same thing. You know, I've heard that you may have a gift, a calling to speak in front of people. I said, dude, if you want to talk to Pastor Richard, that's not true, so you can get that story from him. I'm not going on stage. But he's like, no, 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 it's cool, man. It's middle school. I was like, they're little kids. They're 100% worse. They're the most transparent people on earth. Like, they'll tell you you suck from stage. They don't care. But that's what I love about them is they're so real. They don't care. They'll tell you how it is. They're awesome. But I get up on stage, and I'm like, man, this is just a bunch of kids. Trent says, hey, man, if you could call everyone up for worship, maybe pray, do something, 30 seconds, that'd be cool. So I get up on stage, and I immediately think of what happened last time. So I take the mic, and I, hey, welcome, worship, emerge, come down for Jesus. Okay, bye. And I walked right off. It was so awful. I was so embarrassed until it happened again. But I tell you that to say, I am where I'm at now, and I have a long, 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 long way to go. I'm nowhere near perfect. I have so much to work on, guys, you have no idea. But God called me. God had a purpose for my life, for me to be on a stage for a certain amount of time and to share what goes on in my life, to impart that wisdom and that knowledge and what the Holy Spirit lays on my heart to you guys for this season. And if I would have never went through any of that, no matter how uncomfortable it was, and trust me, it's uncomfortable, it's the last thing I want to do, but now I love it. I'm still uncomfortable sometimes. Everyone gets those nerves. But I tell you that to say that if I would have not embraced that change, I wouldn't be here today walking in my purpose. And every single one of you have a purpose to walk in, so it's time to get uncomfortable. Appreciate that, Kenzie. So that's what we're going to be talking about tonight, though, is um, being pliable for your purpose. So everyone say pliable. Do you know what pliable means? Yeah. I was hoping that wouldn't happen. SAT word. 
We're going to get smart tonight. So it means being flexible, almost being moldable, allowing God to do what he wants with you in order to accomplish the purpose he has for you. You see, change, it doesn't give us the luxury of being comfortable. It requires us to be pliable. So you have to be flexible, like a piece of clay. And so we have to come into change knowing it's going to hurt, just like I knew it would. That second time was the worst time with those middle schoolers. So you're going to get like banged up, you're going to get bruised up, you're going to get cut up. But at the end of it, God's going to have his way and he's slowly going to mold you into that vessel that he wants to mold you into. You see, godly change, that simple godly change, allows us to walk in line with our purpose. But here's the thing about purpose. You see, God, I truly believe, he only gives us the details of our purpose that we're ready to handle at that time. So we live in this instant gratification kind of world that everything is changing all the time. But once you hear that you have a purpose or once you hear that you have something, an end goal, don't you want it right then and right now? Like, God, you told me I was going to speak in front of people. Why am I not good at it? Can you help me out? Because this hurts physically. God, you told me I was going to be somewhere doing something, whatever it is, whatever your purpose is, but why am I not equipped to do it right now? We get impatient because we want it right now, but God isn't willing to give it to us because we're not ready. If you can't handle it, he's not going to give you more than you can handle especially if he's not dealing with you. See, when God deals with you, that's when you know you're ready. If God's not dealing with you on anything, then you're not ready to carry the load. You're not. If he's dealing with you about your sin, your habits, your past, your future, whatever it is, and he starts dealing with you and it starts to hurt, that's when you know God is starting to work in you. And God is starting to perfect something and to change something in order for you to walk in line with your purpose. He's trying to create you to be something greater than you are right now. But make sure whatever he has in front of you right now, even though it may seem like minuscule, it may seem like it doesn't matter, if God's working, let him work. And embrace what he's trying to do at that time. Stop trying to get 10 steps ahead of God. Because when you do that, a lot of the times, like what I, I've done it before, and I'm sure we're all guilty, but people, just as it's human nature, really, we, we quicken and we rush, and when we do that, we cheapen the process that God's trying to take us through. You see, we're, I think we're too consumed with our inability to get somewhere on our own time because it's our time, so that's why you get frustrated. It's because I'm not where I should be here, but I'm here. God wants you right here. Stop trying to be here. <laughs> You're moving too fast. Do you not think the God of the universe knows what he's doing? You've got to trust his process. So don't let your impatience make you settle for what's convenient. Because you're going to cheapen your purpose. You're going to cheapen the process and you're going to get some cut rate gift that God didn't intend for you to have. So make sure 
you're in line with God and you're walking with him, allowing him to work in you so you're pliable. You're trusting God. You're going to be pliable for your purpose. So I reference clay, and that's what we're going to look at in the scriptures. There's an awesome scripture in Jeremiah. If you guys want to open up in your um, Bible app, I didn't see one Bible in here as I was looking around, so I'll just tell you to open up in the app. Jeremiah 18, the first six verses, God, he, um, he likens man to clay. So we'll read that together. Do we have it up? Yeah. So Jeremiah 18.1, it says, This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house, and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands, so it was ruined, it was distorted. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me. He said, Can I not do with you, Israel, as this potter does? So like the clay in the hand of the potter, so you are in my hand. And this is the perfect, perfect picture of us, the clay and the potter, God's hands. And what I wanted to do, the plan was to have like an awesome potter's wheel right here. Has anybody ever seen that? So it's literally just a wheel and there's like a pedal and then you can have like clay on it and spin. And I was going to have actually Pastor Trent out here slaving away, making a sculpture of me. But then he didn't get the wheel. So now we're stuck with nothing. But I thought it would have been awesome to have a potter's wheel. I'm just kidding. I don't want to throw him on the bus like that. But it's a perfect picture of us as a piece of clay in God's hands. So imagine the potter, so imagine God, he's sitting at the wheel. So he has an idea in mind before you were ever created. Before you were born, God had an idea in mind of what he wanted to do with you. And so he sits at the wheel, and then we're born, and until we really accept Jesus and our heart as Lord and Savior, we're technically not even on the wheel. It takes us coming to him, giving our lives over to him in order for us to start spinning, for him to start his process. Until that point, though, you're not even on the wheel. But when you get on the wheel, if you've ever seen it, I was, it's really weird, but I was watching like Potter videos on YouTube. And I kind of wanted to be one to be honest with you. I know I said I wanted to sit in a rocking chair and whittle wood. If that doesn't work out, I think I'm gonna be a potter. But I was watching these videos and when they start out, there's nothing they can do. They'll start spinning and the clay is like so hard. You literally can't do anything with it, it's a rock. And that's how we come to God. So you've been living on your own, doing what you wanna do, as you best see fit, whatever you in life you wanna do, you're taking everything in your own hands. Your heart is hardened. And that's exactly how you get on the wheel. So you have to wait until you're pliable or flexible or wet. What they do is they put water on it and it softens it. And slowly the potter starts to make something out of it. But it just looks like a lumpy potato at first. So it looks like nothing because it's hard. But he starts to work with it. 
And so that's what God is doing with us. As soon as we give our lives to him, he's starting to work on us and shape us. But like I said before, we get in this, as soon as God tells you you have a purpose or you got something in mind, you want that instant gratification. And so you try and rush the process and God's telling us to just wait and let him work how he wants to work. So we have to understand that the wheel, it's like moving at different speeds. So when they're doing this, when they want to like perfect something, they'll spin the wheel slow. And then if they're making a big shape out of something, I mean, they'll start to spin it fast. So like it's fast, slow, fast, slow, fast, slow. And that's the way our lives go, right? So our purpose, what I'm trying to say, it basically has a rhythm. And a lot of us, I think, myself included, get frustrated with the rhythm that you're kind of spinning at. So you can look at the person next to you and say, man, they got the promotion, they got the job, they got the guy or the girl, or they have this going on, they have financial, I mean, success, whatever they have, they're, they're moving at a quicker speed than you and it makes you mad. I know it frustrates me sometimes, but it's like, God, why don't I have that? It's because you're coveting what the other vessel God is trying to make has. God didn't intend for you to carry what they're carrying, so he's not sculpting you and molding you into that vessel. So stop worrying about how they look or what they have or what they're doing because God didn't intend for you to carry what they're carrying. He intended for you to carry what you are going to carry. But like I said before, you covet what they have, but a lot of the times you don't even want that pressure. You don't know what other people are going through either, you know? You don't know how difficult it is. So why do you want to carry your purpose and someone else's purpose? If you covet what they have, God will probably expect you to carry too. And I don't think anybody wants that pressure, to be honest with you. I know I don't. But the potter, he's constantly working on the piece of clay. So what he'll do is he'll constantly work on it until he can get it the best he can. So he'll spin it fast and slow. He'll like take some clay out, put some clay in, and so I think that likens like God, you know, taking people out of your life, putting people in, inserting yourself with good people. Like I mentioned Pastor Trent earlier. I mean, if he wouldn't have been in my life along with Pastor Cole and some other people to influence me and push me, you got to have the right people in your life. I'm not saying I completely distance myself from my old friends that I hung out with, but you got to have people who are going to influence you to walk in your purpose. It's vital for your success, for you to be molded into what God wants to mold you into. But the pottery is constantly working on the piece of clay. And then sometimes what he'll do is, if it's not turning out the way he likes, he'll have to break it, smash it, and then start over again. Same piece of clay, but he's breaking it. And so he's molding it. And so during this time of molding, it can be so painful, can it not, when God is like trying to change things in you? And it doesn't make any sense. I know a lot of the times I'm asking God what he's doing. So you may feel like God is crushing you and breaking you beyond repair, like to where you almost can't take it anymore. Has anyone ever felt like that? To where you're almost at your like wit's end? But guys, in order to be made strong and made whole, God's gonna have to break you of those old habits that you were involved in and their habits. If you created a habit, it's gonna to be tough to get out of. It doesn't come at the snap of a finger. God's trying to break you 
of what is not necessary, of the excess, in order to put something else in you that you need to walk in your purpose. So 2 Corinthians 12.9 says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So what Paul goes on to say is that he boasts all the more about his weakness so that Christ's power may rest on him. So guys, you have to embrace that weakness, those tough times, in order for God to be made strong, in order for you and then ultimately for that to pass through you and for you to be made strong. And it's not going to be convenient ever. Oh my goodness, I promise you, it's never going to be the right time. Doesn't God pick the most inopportune times to like work on you? It's never the right time. So he wants, it's like he wants you to go forward when like everything else is going backwards. He wants you to stand up when everyone else is like sitting down. He wants you to stand out and be an outcast almost, which is what we're called to do. We're called to stand out in the world. We're not called to blend in. But he wants to mold and shape you, like I said, when you're feeling broken and you're beyond repair. And you have to realize that like when things are going Whichever way, up, down, left, right, wrong or right, it doesn't really matter because God knows what he's doing even when you don't. And when those things happen, we really have two options. So you're being molded and then it gets really tough. God's breaking some things off in you and he's trying to put something else in you. You can either harden your heart and become hard again or during those times when it seems like you can't take it anymore, you can worship God. And what I mean by worship is not coming up here and reading the lyrics off the, the screen and singing to God. Yeah, that's worship. But I think true worship is when you have no idea what is going on and why God is doing what he's doing. But you say, God, I know I don't know what you're doing, but I trust you and I trust the plans that you have for me and I know you have plans to prosper me and to not harm me. God, I have no idea what you're doing and it makes no sense at all and I'm suffering and I hate it, but my present sufferings are not worth the future glory that's gonna be revealed in me. When you're done sculpting this vessel, my present sufferings are not worth comparing to my future glory. That is worship, is recognizing God and putting him in his rightful place, even when you don't understand it. So in Isaiah 29, 16, you can pull that verse up. It says you turn things upside down as if the potter were thought to be like the clay. So then in these times, we can question God is basically what this is saying. So comparing the potter to the clay. But then it says, shall what is formed say to the one who formed it? Should we say to God, you did not make me? Can the pot say to, can the, yeah, can the clay say to the potter, you know nothing? Guys, the clay cannot question the potter. If you, it's weird, but literally imagine yourself as a piece of clay. First off, you can't talk. It's probably a good way to imagine it, though, so you don't question God. But you cannot question the potter. 
You see, you wouldn't have an opportunity to even be on the wheel spinning, being molded into something if it weren't for the potter. You wouldn't even have the opportunity to be there. So how, how dare we question him? And I know it doesn't feel fair. It never does. And you don't always know what the purpose of the spin is, but you really cannot question the potter. You see, the clay doesn't control the spinning. So in your life, you can't control who you're going to lose, who in your family is going to get sick, who's going to break your heart. You can't be in control of these things. And I get it, you get in those, I get in those spots I have before where everything's like spinning and it starts to spin out of control. You say, God, do you even know what you're doing? Almost like Pastor Cole said, do you even know what you're doing and what I'm going through? I know I've said this, if you loved me, would you even be treating me like this and would I be going through this? Because it's almost too much to handle. I'm getting to the point where I don't know what to do. How am I going to get through this? But during those times, like I said, you have to worship. And by worship, I mean putting all of your trust in God. And I'm here really to tell you that God is never going to deliver you out of the situations you want to be delivered out of, like in your own timing when you want it. Just because it's not convenient for you. He's not molding you in convenient times for you. Did you ever stop to think that the God of the universe knows what he's doing and maybe he doesn't want to pull you out of something because he wants to pull you through it so that way you can be the person who he created you to be because without going through it, you wouldn't be where you need to be. You wouldn't be taking on the shape of something that he intends for you to carry. So God wants to pull us through it. Experience and revelation through those trials is far more valuable than God just snatching you up and rescuing you from a situation. You don't get experience and you don't get revelation from God when you just want him to take you away from something. You've got to go through it. And sometimes he has to drag us and pull us through it. But during those times... What do we do? We worship and we remain pliable for our purpose. You see, our jobs as clay is not to question the potter, but to stay pliable and workable in God's hands. So that requires us to be humble, letting go of self-pride, letting go of what we think should happen, listening to God and obeying him. And we have to remain satisfied in him. That's something that's huge that he's taught me is remaining satisfied through the process. And just because you're satisfied doesn't mean you're settling. So don't equate the two. You can be satisfied in God while he's working in you and not be settling. But a lot of the times we can mistake the two because we're impatient. See, some people walk out on their promise, the promise of their purpose, because they're too impatient. And that impatience almost leads to a, an almost contempt for God because he's not working in your time. But God 
a lot of the times he, um, he takes us through seasons of waiting, right? And maybe you're in a season of waiting right now, and that's a season. God's still working on you. Just because you're in a season of waiting doesn't mean God isn't working. But those are the worst. I think even worse than like the times where everything's falling apart and just spinning out of control. Because you're not going forward, you're not going back, you're stagnant, you have no idea how you're being propelled to even walk in your purpose. It makes no sense. You feel so stagnant. That's the only way to put it. But God, I promise you in those times, if you can look at it like this, I think during those times, the wheel is starting to spin slower. And God's saying, you know what? I'm trying to not just make something better in you, not just change something about you. I'm trying to perfect something in you. It's got to be perfect. And so I'm going to slow the wheel down. And during the season of waiting, I really want you to tune in and come after me, worshiping me, finding out who I am, so I can perfect, not just make something okay, so I can perfect something in you. So when you're in a season of waiting, do not think that God is not working. So as we close, the worship team can come up here. I just want you guys to really take away from this that what God wants to do in all of our lives, even though there's a different plan and we all have different purposes, is that he just wants to chisel away at you, mold you and shape you into what he created you to be for you to walk in your purpose. So allow God to chisel away. Stop hindering him from doing his work and what he wants to do because you have such an amazing and incredible purpose. Don't ever short sell yourself or let anybody else do it. It is so unique. And God was so passionate before you were born to even think about you in that way. He's got a passion and a desire to shape you and mold you into something incredible. So ask God how you can get on board with him and share that passion with him. Share that desire with him. Allow God to chisel away at that anger issue that you have. Allow him to chisel away at the fear or the anxiety in your life. Allow him to chisel away at the little white lies you may tell just to people please. Allow him to chisel away at whatever he wants to chisel in your life so he can remove those things and add pieces of the clay he wants to add to you in order to build you up into the vessel that you were created to be, to walk in line with your purpose. And it's going to hurt, and it's going to be uncomfortable. I promise you. If you're not uncomfortable, God's not working in your life. It's like, no one really likes a solution to a problem. So when I think of that, I think of medicine, or like shots when you have to get shots. I don't mind needles, but unless you're a complete psychopath, you don't enjoy like watching a needle go in your arm, I don't think. It doesn't really bother me that much, but no one truly enjoys it, looks forward to it. It's painful. Some of the medicine you have to take sometimes is repulsive, makes you wanna throw up. Those gigantic like 
horse tranquilizer pills that are like the size of this mic that it's 2018 can you not put this in like a baby capsule I know it's possible but solutions to problems hurt and they are uncomfortable but I challenge you to stop running from uncomfort I challenge you to stop running from God's solution in your life because he's got a purpose in mind that he wants you to fulfill, but you have to remain pliable for your purpose. You have to remain flexible and allow God to work. See, the purpose of spinning and being on the wheel is transformation, am I right? Does anybody want to stay exactly how they are? No. Unless you're one of those psychopaths that like shots. The purpose of spinning and being on the wheel is transformation, guys. God wants to transform us. And if you're the same or not much has changed from the day you got saved, unless it was yesterday, I'll give you some grace. But truly ask yourself, is God, am I allowing God to work in my life? If not much is changing, you're not allowing God to work. It's as simple as that. So ask yourself how much you're changing. And make sure you're aligned with God. So bring up John 15, 4. It says, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. You have to stay in the potter's hands. The best part about it is the spinning in life. If you're not in the potter's hands, cool. Doesn't mean you're not going to spin because you're still spinning. But when you're in the potter's hands, when you're in God's hands at the end of the day, no matter how much it hurts, no matter how comfortable you are, no matter how many tears you've cried, you can look at God and he can say, I've got you. I'm still working on you. You're not finished yet. But when you're in the world and you've got nothing to look to, the spinning still happens, but you've got no one to turn to. There's no answer. There's nothing greater than you that can literally hold you in his hands and love you like the Father loves us. His unconditional love. There's nothing like it. And he loves each and every one of you. And that's why he created a purpose for each and every one of you. He wants us to be complete. God wants us to lack in nothing at all. So if you're in the middle of your stage, which technically all of us are, we're in the middle of it right now. We're in the middle of being molded. We're in the middle of being sculpted. We're in the middle of being pushed. We're in the middle of being pulled. We're in the middle of it. But remain pliable and allow God to work in your life. Because if you quit now, you're gonna be half finished. And our God is not a God that leaves his work half done. 
He wants to finish his work in you, but you have a choice to make. Are you going to harden your heart when things get difficult, or are you going to remain pliable and walk in line with your purpose and allow God to show you the truly magnificent things he has in store for you? The truly magnificent are, we can't comprehend what he has for us. But as you remain in his hand, he's going to constantly reveal himself to you and constantly reveal how he wants to work in you and constantly reveal what he has for you. So remain pliable for your purpose. I want everyone to bow their heads really quick. And if God touched on any part of you tonight, and you feel the need to maybe get back in the potter's hands if you've been out. Or you're ready to make a commitment to say, God, no matter what you want to do, I want you to have your way. And I don't care how much it hurts, but I want to be molded and sculpted into the vessel that you created me to be. If that's you, can you raise your hands just for me personally? I just want to pray for you. Father God, I lift up every single person here and I pray that you reveal yourself in an extraordinary way to each and every single one of them, God. God, I pray that when the times get tough and we don't want to do it and when we want to give up, God, that you insert yourself in our lives. Holy Spirit, touch us in a new way and give us drive and ambition to share the desire that you have for our hearts to keep us going. God, we need you. God, we cannot do this without you. So I pray for every single person that had their hand lifted, God, that you challenge them, but when they come through and they're obedient, God, you honor that and you reveal to them further the purpose that you have for their life, God. Keep them going. In Jesus' name, amen. So what we're gonna do just confess Christ as Lord and Savior. So I want everyone to repeat this prayer after me. Say, Father God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. I choose to follow you today and let go of my own ways. I accept you as Lord over my life and I ask you to change me from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to check out the Crossing Church Message Podcast with Pastor Greg Dumas. Once again, thank you so much for listening.